Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for your favorite morning podcast. It is the Morning Five for Monday, and I even forgot the date. <laughs> it's, it's not written down on our show sheet or anything. <laughs> it's Monday, July 17th, 2023. And as always, it's brought to you by the Perry Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Perry and Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. We're starting the week off right with knowing the dates and everything, but it's also 17 days until the NFL, 18 days until high school football, and 40 days until college football. Those are the only dates that really matter. Nobody cares that it's Monday, July 17th. Everybody just cares that we are almost exactly two weeks away from the NFL kicking off, and more importantly, in these parts, high school football kicking off. Yep. We're so close. So freaking close. Hey. You know, uh, we're, you know we're close when you start seeing, like, preseason lists come out every single day. And it, it seems like uh, the closer we get, the more preseason lists we get. And one of the cool things that I've seen so far uh, is Bryce Hicks out there in Carrollton getting the accolades that he deserves preseason. Man, I am, you know, I kind of put this out on our, our social media, but it's about damn time that people start stand up and noticing Bryce Hicks out of, out of Carrollton. So that's cool to see. Yeah, he and I had a, a good conversation on uh, Saturday. Nice. Um, went, I went out and saw the Caleb Odom. Um, yeah, going to going to Bama, going to, to Bama. going out to Alabama with Nick Satan. Did Did you get the audio that I sent you? Bryce? I did. I did indeed. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I did at least. I honestly haven't checked it, uh, but I'm pretty sure I have it. Okay. Cool. Uh, we need to play that at some point, but yeah, it was it was a really good conversation that I had with Caleb. Um, it was it was relatively quick, but I mean, I'll say this: there was probably a hundred hundred people in that building, um, in that small little <laughs> hall of wow, fame room. Jeez, <laughs> and it was absolutely insane. Packed um, in like sardines. It was, it was really really awesome to see um, a lot of family members, a lot of teammates. Um, had a chance to talk briefly with Juju Lewis. Um, How's he doing? With, he's doing good. Good. Um, he's actually going to go to Columbus very soon. Is so, he? What's he doing yeah. down in Columbus, Georgia? That's an odd place for him yeah. to go. No, not that one. Uh, not that one. I, I tell you, I tell you who I'd like to talk to is is Juju's Juju's parents. Uh, yeah. I'd like to talk to them about the the struggle of, of having a young man like they have in Juju and, and trying to keep him on the right path when there's a lot of a lot of noise that is off the path. Um, I think that'd be a very interesting conversation. Yeah, I, I'm, I have no doubt. I did get a chance to talk with Don, Don Bray, too, over at Carrollton and, you know, had a really good conversation with him about just how their basketball team's looking this year and you know he's he's fully aware that he's probably not going to have Caleb Odom on the team this year. Um, <laughs> well, you know who knows, dude. I thought that about uh, Shivers at VR, but Shivers played basketball after he already committed to South Carolina, so there's 
Who knows? You know, there's there's no there's no telling what he has. There's a difference in NIL, I'm sure. Yeah, maybe. Um, Who knows? <laughs> you know, wide receivers and, and stuff that you know Caleb's going for. You know, they're a dime a dozen. But those offensive linemen, baby, those are the important guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Bryce. Today is National Peach Ice Cream Day. It's it's my go-to ice cream. If I'm forced to eat ice cream, not a huge ice cream guy, um, but if I am forced to eat ice cream. Uh, peach is usually my go-to. I'm a huge peach ice cream fan. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Um, I, I like peaches, but I just I'm not a big fan of peach ice cream. Peaches, so. peaches, 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 peaches. It's uh, it, it's quite a different tune that the kids these days are singing from Jack Black than it was back in our day when uh, is sort of one biggest hit when we were younger was going around. But peaches is a little bit more age appropriate than the big song was when we were little kids yeah <laughs> i don't even know if i can sing any of the lyrics from this podcast the songs we used to listen to from jack black what a song oh man uh, unfortunately this weekend the braves uh and atlanta united did not have a good weekend let's start with the brain baseball to the white Sox. uh two out of three times Braves beat the White Sox on on Friday though nine to nothing Olsen had a grand slam in the first inning and pushed his win or his home run total to uh 30 um four RBIs always had three RBIs RC and Harris all both had an RBI piece Charlie Morton looks stellar seven innings pitched no earned uh 4ks he looked really really strong so that was a good start to the weekend, and at that point, you're like, okay, yeah, this is this is what the Braves are doing. Yep, yep. Second then, half of the season. Oh, we're just going to come out, win nine to nothing, and win this uh, first series versus the White Sox. Yeah. Then the Braves fall to the White Sox on Saturday, six to five. Acuna had three RBIs. It seemed like they couldn't get keep him off the bases. Um, Riley and Rosario both had an RBI apiece, and then Strider went six innings, five earned, ten Ks. Ten Ks, I love the five earned, not so much. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's honestly too far off from a Spencer Strider type game. Uh, he's not going to go terribly deep. I think six innings is about what we can expect from Strider. Uh, the five earned runs, obviously not where we want him to be. I, I think I think him probably giving up around three to four is probably what we can expect most outings. And you know, somewhere between eight and you know, or seven and ten ten Ks. I think that's. I think that's sort of what Strider's MO is. Obviously, this was on the poorer side of his outings, but I don't think it, I don't think it's too far away from what we can expect out of Spencer Strider. Uh, you know, every start, in my opinion. Right, I, and you know, he's had some really good outings of late. You know, Gavin and I got to go to that game where he pitched seven innings and, and had like 10, 10 strikeouts and well, yeah, against the Twins. Really yeah, yeah, looked like a monster, um, but you know five innings is you want him you want to see him go longer than five and right now five is just five is just not good enough in my opinion no yeah i I agree with you i mean you get you give me six innings that means i I got a seven eight nine i'm I'm fine with that get me through six uh strider still with a a sub four era so i'm going to take that 176 k's and a a 1.10 whip on the season so it, it, it sucks you got the loss but it I don't know. It wasn't a terrible outing. It wasn't a good outing, but it wasn't a terrible outing. He he very well may have 200 strikeouts before August. I'd be yeah yeah because he has he'll probably get two more starts I would assume 
and he needs maybe. 20 24 yeah. maybe yeah that's gonna be tough that's gonna be very tough i don't know i don't know how the uh rotation is gonna shake out but that that is it's possible it's very possible Braves fall to the White Sox on Sunday, eight to one. Olson with a lone RBI. Colby Allard, an inning and two thirds, four earned, one strikeout, left with an injury. Mike Soroka came in and pitched some relief. Pitched three innings strong, two earned runs, three Ks. Um, for him coming in under on relief has looked pretty strong in my opinion. I'm okay with the three innings, um, and especially considering you're a starting pitcher and you're having to come in <laughs> in relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm with you on that because, uh, especially because Snit said I don't remember what game it was before, but he said that the bullpen has been kind of taxed as of late, just depth wise, uh, and the fact that we can bring Mike Soroka in to eat up three innings in a game that was pretty much over by that point. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 pretty happy with that. I'm I'm pretty happy with that. So Soroka gives up two earned runs in three innings, but. You know, it is. We just we just needed someone to go in there and eat innings, essentially, at that point in the game. And Sor- Soroka did it. And like you said, he's a starter. He's not he's not used to coming in uh, for mop up duty, really, from the bullpen. So, uh, you know, maybe that's a spot that we can see Soroka in, uh, have spot starts here and there, but be a long long reliever type person. And we also had a Charlie Culberson sighting. Hey. And what did he do? He promptly gets a hit. Dang right, baby. <laughs> Infield hit, Char- Charlie Clutch. Charlie does. Billy, right now, Charlie Culberson is batting 1,000 on the season. Yes, he is. I'd retire right now. Good for Charlie. And, you know, it's, 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 I, I love Charlie Culberson. I, I, I'll never forget the, the throw he made. It was a couple years ago. We were actually at the game. It, it was on a Sunday, it was against the Marlins. And it was a fly ball to left field, and, and Charlie caught it and just threw a seed home. And actually, I think it was Brian McCann who caught it at home and tagged the runner out and kept kept the uh, score close. And then Braves went on to win that game, um, I think, in the bottom of the ninth. And it was just, it was great. Great, great, great. So I'll, I'll never, ever, 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 ever forget Charlie Culberson. He's forever etched in my mind um but Braves are off today they will move on and have a three game set starting tomorrow with the Diamondbacks right yeah yeah we got the uh Diamondbacks coming to town Braves unfortunately lose the series to the Red Sox but we're still 11 games up in the loss column on the Miami Marlins and the Philadelphia Phillies who are both at 42 losses still at 90 or nine and a half games um in the in the actual standings. Yeah. Can't play half a game. Though. I know. Physically impossible. I know. I'm, I'm just Can't do pointing it. that out. I, I think people have tried. They have to finish it. Another two to one loss. Uh, this one, this time for Atlanta United against Orlando city. Um, and it just, from everything I've seen and heard, it just, what are we doing, man? Dude, I what don't know. Doing? It was, it was miserable to watch, man. I'll be honest with you. Even the fans in the stadium, Y'all kind of sucked. If you were there, uh, there wasn't a lot of energy from the fans. And, you know, it goes both ways. The, the team should provide energy for the fans, good play, and the fans should provide energy to the team when they're not playing well. So it, it's a two-way street, but the the atmosphere was not there. Um, and if it was, it didn't convey on TV. And, and I've seen a lot of people post on forums and stuff over the past couple of hours or the past couple of days since the 
game was, and they sort of echoed my sentiment that even even in the stadium, the the atmosphere was just not where it probably should have been for an Orlando City game. A um, lot, lot of out-of-towners, a lot of vacationers. Uh, people were talking about a lot of season ticket owners that they watch every single match with and weren't there. Um, so I don't know if that's the summer vacay thing hitting. I don't know what it was, but uh, atmosphere wasn't there in the stadium. Midfield was horrendous. It was, it was essentially Swiss cheese again. Etienne is completely useless, giving the ball away constantly in the midfield. Uh, I think it'd almost be better if the team played with 10 men, if they played a man down and not had Etienne in the game. Uh, the one thing that might get overshadowed, though, is Kaylee, Caleb Wiley might have had the greatest game he's ever had of his career. Uh, Caleb Wiley was an absolute man-possessed this past weekend, played amazingly. He scored the lone goal for Atlanta United. I hate that we didn't win because we Caleb Wiley deserved to be on the winning end uh, of this contest on Saturday night. The rest of Atlanta United, outside of Almada, or outside of, uh, outside of uh, Brooks Lennon, excuse me, probably not. Uh, but Caleb Wiley and possibly Brooks Lennon deserved, deserved three points. The rest of Atlanta, Atlanta United did not. Um, both Wiley and Lennon having less defensive responsibilities has allowed them to flourish these last few games, and we've seen it on the score sheet with both of them scoring an amazing performance by uh, Caleb Wiley on Saturday night. Um, it gives Wiley the ability to play as a forward or a winger, um, sort of where Gutman kind of, kind of was before we, for some reason, got rid of him. Uh, so nice to see out of Wiley. Wiley is taking you know, advantage of the, the opportunity that he's been given by the coaching staff in the front office. Uh, we had no one on the pitch other than Almada last night that could create anything. Uh, Tiago Almada remains the only person on this team outside of Yakamakis, who didn't play the entire game last night. But Almada remains the only person on this team that can create his own shot and, and create his own space uh, and create plays. Everybody else is just, I, I don't, they're a statue, and they can't create. It's, it's, it's insanely frustrating. Uh, the ref was poor once again Saturday night, but uh, we can't keep blaming the refs for losses. Uh, that's what you happen. I mean, this is what happens when you play in the poverty-stricken MLS. You're going to have crappy refs, uh, and it's somebody mentioned somebody mentioned yesterday on a forum that they were, you know, saying the MLS has got to get better refereeing, especially now that some bigger names are coming to the MLS, and a lot of eyes are going to be on the MLS. Uh, if we roll out these crappy refs uh, for an inter uh, inter Miami game, I mean, people in Europe are already going to take this this league seriously. So if we roll out crappy refs when, you know, Lionel Messi is playing with Inter-Miami and, and Europeans are watching and, and South Americans are watching and it, it's just not, it's not going to be good. Like they're just going to think even less of the MLS than they already do now, which is not much. Uh, the new kid, Masquera, he's, he's slippery in the midfield, man. I like him with the ball. He, he doesn't weigh much uh, and a wet fart would probably blow him over. But, uh, but he, he's he's slippery in midfield, man. I, I, I like the kid. I think he's gonna be. Uh, I think he's gonna be good. Um, how good he's gonna be, I, I'm not real sure. But I like his. I like his creativity. I, I like his control of the ball. So watch for him to be a, a big impact player here in the next couple of weeks once he gets comfortable uh, with the formation and everything that we're running. Uh, stats were shots were 17 to 10. Atlanta shots on target were 4-4. Possession was 59-41. Atlanta key passes were 8-8. Expected goals were 1.22 to 0.84 in favor of Atlanta United. Unfortunately, Atlanta United does fall 2-1 at home to our rivals, Orlando City. Yeah, that's on me. That's uh, on me. Dude. I lost early on me because I, I played the money line, and that's on me. It's just, it's, Atlanta United is just such a Jekyll and Hyde team right now, man. It's, you know. 
They're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They're seventh in the standings right now. And everybody above them but Nashville SC has a game in hand. So, I don't know, man. This team is just insanely frustrating to watch at the moment, unfortunately. Well, we'll get there. And, I, I and the season's so. not over yet. And, I, I and like let's, your positivity. Let's see, what kind of, let's see what kind of magic we can make here as we get closer to um, the playoffs. Got to get some transfers in, man. Got to get some big DP slots. All right. Uh, speaking of getting closer to a season, the Atlanta Hawks finished up their summer league. They finished the season uh, three and two. And the biggest thing the Hawks learned from the summer league is is Buff could, could actually play, yeah, and can. and he can challenge Patty Mills for the backup point guard position. Buff can av- average thirteen points per game, four point three assists in twenty eight minutes per game. His shooting percentage wasn't great. Um, at 32% from the field and 21% from three, but Buffkin flashed a lot of potential with his high-level passing and very aggressive defense. Now, and that, that's saying something considering that I was I was very hesitant about the pick because I, I just, I think, Bryce, you and I talked about this after the draft that, like, I knew more about the second-round pick from... Um, who was it? Michigan State. That yeah, Michigan State. Played. Yeah. Um, I knew more about him than I did about Buffkin, and but Buffkin looked really strong in the in the five games that he played. Yeah, man, I, I'm I'm pretty happy with the Buffkin pick. Uh, he, in my opinion, he was the best player for Michigan last year. I know the I know Jawan Howard's son. I know he was drafted like in the top ten or whatever. But in my opinion, Buffkin was better than Jawan Howard. Buffkin. Buffkin was the best player on Michigan. I didn't know how his game was going to equate to the NBA. Uh, still really don't because he was playing against summer league guys. Uh, but a lot of potential, man. I, I like the passing, I, I, and I love the aggressive defense. So, yeah, I mean, if he can compete with Patty Mills for the backup point guard position, that'd be huge. That'd be huge for the Hawks. Yeah, you say that, you know, you still don't know because he's playing against summer league guys, but I swear to you, Everyone in San Antonio is creaming their pants after watching Victor Wembanyama. Oh man, it's the summer. And and describing the summer league as basketball might be an insult to the word basketball. Uh, it's it's rough, dude. It's 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 like what I mean. I'll tell you what it is. It's like going to a local park and watching pickup basketball with some very very talented players who have no idea how to play with one another. Uh, it's there. There's there's no off ball screens. There's no sets. There's no offensive plays. Um, it's a uh, it's a shell of actual basketball, but you know it is what it is. It's it's the basketball we have in the summer, so I understand why they do it. You know, I'm not knocking the summer league. It's just calling the summer league NBA caliber basketball. I think it might be an insult to, to NBA players and NBA basketball. Bo Gaye might be a gem of a pick. Um, he averaged 10.3 points per game, 6.3 rebounds, and 2.3 assists while shooting 41% from three points. Three-point land. 41%. Yeah, it's amazing. His, his passing and off-ball movement was a breath of uh, fresh air. And, and Bryce Bandy, let's let's see what, you know, and I just, why did I just blank on, on the coach's name? Quinn Schneider. Thank you. Yeah. Let's see what Snyder can actually do with with some of these, and maybe maybe Snyder won't be a tool 
like the previous head coach and not like allow rookies to play um because <laughs> if there's potential let's let's actually see them what they can do you know what i mean yeah yeah I, i'm with you dude I, I think i think he could possibly slot into that backup power forward role that uh sadiq bay sort of had last year i think bay's probably going to start at the four for the hawks this year um but muhammad dude he was looking good i i liked his uh 6 frame could put probably needs to pack on a couple pounds he's probably i would say he's just over 200 pounds he's not a very big guy uh but, but the combination of his height and efficiency from three-point range i, I love it I, the sky's the limit for uh for muhammad so I, I like to see what he can do behind sadiq bay it's i think it's gonna be cool if we get kobe bufton and muhammad both on the second team both on the bench the bench squad essentially and roll both of them in um yeah good. yeah that'll be that'll be really neat but yeah both of those young men uh showed a lot this in my opinion this summer in the nba uh, summer league tell me about the rumors with cc yeah so um clint capella being traded to toronto big rumors going around especially out in the summer league uh they think uh, pascal siakam they're they're trying to get a read on what the raptors want to do this offseason uh last season they didn't didn't re-sign Fred Van Vliet and didn't trade him, so he just sort of uh, went away with no returning value for the Toronto Raptors, and they kind of want to avoid doing that with Pascal Siakam. Um, so yeah, the rumor going around right now is that uh, Clint Capella is uh, Clint Capella for Pascal Siakam. Now there's obviously going to be other stuff thrown into that trade, but that is the meat and potatoes uh, of the trade at the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind that. I like Pascal Siakam. That would mean. Pascal starts at the four, and we bring Anyeke Kongwu in to start at the five. Uh, I, I love Clint Capella, but I, I think a trade like that, I think it makes a lot of sense for the Hawks. Um, I've also seen us having to throw in DeAndre Hunter into this trade, which, I, you know, I don't know what Hunter is at this point in his career, honestly. I don't know. I don't know he if that's should, and he's been a starter for a couple of years now. Yeah, and it, he's on a bad contract, so we'll see. I'd love to have Siakam. I, I think a I think a front line uh, of Siakam and Anyeka Kongwu with Dejounte Murray and Trey Young and probably Sadiq Bay at the three. Uh, I, I like that. I think that's a good lineup. It, now, is it going to compete for a for a championship? I don't think so. But I think that I think that lineup, if we make it, is better than. The lineup we'd roll out today without the Siakam trade. If Double O is at the five, at starting five, who's who's the backup? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, just um, making sure that we're on the same page. <laughs> I, I don't know, honestly. Um, I probably Bruno Fernando. I know the other day the Hawks had an option on oh on God. signing or getting oh rid of Bruno God. Fernando, so that right now i'm pretty sure would be our backup center would be bruno fernando um yeah god help i don't know if bruno <laughs> fernando has ever averaged more than five points per game in any nba season uh <laughs> i can tell you that here right now he did he averaged well i guess he averaged 6.9 points per game in 2021 22 when he played 10 games with the uh houston rockets so um yeah but i i think right now if we traded if we traded uh, CC, then yeah, Bruno Fernando, our backup, backup center. <laughs> I'm gonna pull a Disney quote out of out of the hat. Yeah, we don't talk to Bruno. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a good like uh, 14th man on the roster if we need him in emergency duty. So yeah, a yeah, lot of a lot a lot word. of stuff going around. Um, 
And uh, the big question now that I've seen on, on a lot of sports talk radio is, is, is what Hawks or what <clears throat> what Atlanta sports team is going to make the biggest trade before August? Is it going to be the Hawks or is it going to be the Braves? Good point. Yeah, I don't think the Braves are going to make a big trade. I don't. I don't think so either. I don't think the Braves need to. Where the Hawks, the Hawks need to. So yeah, the Hawks definitely need to. <laughs> yeah, uh, but let's get to the Marine South scoreboard from over the weekend. Yesterday in the NL East, the Phillies beat the Padres seven to six. Orioles beat the Marlins five to four. Mets beat the Dodgers two to one, and Cardinals beat the Nats eight to four. On the Smiths floor coverings, games and events calendar for tonight. Only two games in the NL East. Marlins at Cards at 7:45 and Nats at Cubs at 8:05. Good times. Yeah, All right, good times. Bryce, you need another cup of coffee? Indeed, sir. Indeed, I do. Another cup of coffee brought to you by Realtor Hannah Strawn with the Robert the Goolsby Real Estate Goolsby. Lionel Messi and Sergio Busquets. Busquets. Uh, yep. Busquets. 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 Like Miami players. Yeah, I don't know how they keep signing people, dude. Uh, I don't. I don't know how Inter Miami's front office operates so much more efficiently than Atlanta United's front office. Like, I mean, they keep signing these big name guys. Like, at some point, I, how do they have roster spots for these guys? It just wow. it blows my mind. Uh, but yeah, Lionel Messi and Sergio Busquets both signed for Inter Miami. Both former Barcelona legends. I'm a little worried that Abner might change his allegiance from Atlanta United to Inter Miami just because of. All the former uh, <laughs> Barcelona legends they have on that team. So, yeah, it's uh, I'll be honest with you, man. It's going to suck when they come to Atlanta because they're going to beat the dog crap out of us. Carlos Alcaraz stops Novak Djokovic in five sets to win the first Wimbledon title. Dude, what a match. What I can't I can't put into words how amazing this match was. One of the greatest tennis matches I've ever seen in my entire life. It was phenomenal. Uh, Djokovic won the first set, and that was three sets in a row that he has beaten Carlos Alcaraz 6-1, uh, dating back to the Paris matches uh, earlier this year. I thought I thought I thought Novak was going to roll after that 6-1 in the first set. I thought he was going to roll three straight sets, maybe four. Uh, but Alcaraz just kept battling back, kept battling back, and some of the shots that he hit were just absolutely insane, man. The 20-year-old was cool as a cucumber. Now has two. Uh, slams under his belt and he he looks like one of those kids that could be pushing for double digits before too long wow yeah very he reminds me of a young uh, Rafael Nadal with the way he plays in the athleticism and the strength and everything that he plays the game reminds me a lot of a young Rafael Nadal our guy Rory McIlroy finishes birdie birdie to in high winds to or come from behind win at the Scottish Open over Harry Beavers yeah, one by uh, one by one stroke, man. Needed those birdie birdies back to back. I'm telling you, dude. If you're giving me a dog right now, you know it's this weekend. Yep. Yeah. If you're if you're gun to head right now, you're making me choose a dog this weekend. I'm not. I'm not looking past Rory. Rory McIlroy, man. What's what's the FanDuel say on him uh, right now? Give me two seconds. I'll pull that. That's a good shout. Um, by the way, can't spell. That, yeah. That that may be the most like horrible name for a person ever bad it's really bad it's bad yeah it's uh <laughs> mcelroy is the favorite at plus 650 wow yeah okay um right now mcelroy is at plus 650 scotty scheffler is at plus 700 
And then the next two closest people are Rom at plus 1,200 and Tom Smith at plus 1,600. Where's Harry Beavers? Harry Beavers, uh, no odds. No odds for Harry Beavers. He would be field. Oh. I don't even know if they have field on here. Um, uh, he's at plus 50,000. Okay. Yeah. Can I interest you in Francisco Molinari at plus 50,000? Um, you know, the only reason I'm saying Harry Beavers at plus 50,000, you know, if he plays second at you know, Scottish Open is, is a, kind of a links course too, right? Yep. So um, you, you're playing this week before. Yeah, that might not be a bad, like 50,000. You put a tenor on that. And he's a, he was he's a Scottish guy too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see, man. But if you're if gun to head right now, if you're telling me to pick a horse on Monday before the Open, I'm I'm picking Rory. I'm picking Rory this weekend. I'd love to see it, man. I'm a huge Rory McIlroy fan. And and with the Open being this week, Bryce is not getting any sleep. No, whatsoever. No, it's at a Royal Liverpool. Royal Liverpool this week, and I think the last time I was at Royal Liverpool, I think Shane Lowry was the champion. I want to say. Uh, might be wrong there, but um, but look for, look for Rory and uh, give me Ricky, Rory and Ricky, on Sunday to be very close. So yeah, I'm super jocked about the the British Open. Steph Curry wins the American Century Championship with an eagle on 18. Dude, <laughs> what can't this guy do? What can't he Steph Curry do? A freaking awesome weekend from start to finish. He had a hole in one at one point. Yep. He chipped in. Um, I don't even know what hole it was, but he was with right in front of Justin Timberlake and Timberlake's like, really, man? Like, really? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's that kind of, he's just really talented. And, and plus, you know, he, he had, it's always fun to watch the, the American century championship just because, you know, you get to see basketball players get tossed basketballs and throw it into a basketball hole or, or, or um, like they they were tossing Pat McAfee uh, footballs and he was punting it into into the lake. So it's it's always fun to like watch that and watch the interaction. I'm a, I'm a little bummed this year that we didn't get AJ Hawk tackling somebody on a green. I'm a little bummed out about that. Uh, that was one of my favorite video clips of all time from the American Century uh, Golf Tournament. Was uh, was AJ Hawk just spearing a fan? So that was that was a pretty cool experience. Didn't get to see it this year. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of cool seeing non-golfers go out there and prove that uh, they're still athletic and still amazingly gifted at just about any sport they take up. Titans are expected to sign DeAndre Hopkins. Did you see Vrabel's interview with the Pat McAfee yeah. crew? Dude, yeah, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> we had some breaking news, Coach. It's not breaking news. I'm the head coach. I knew this was going to happen a couple days ago. Oh! <laughs> and we weren't going to tell. We weren't going to tell you, jokers, about this. Because <laughs> <laughs> you sandbagged me the entire front nine. I was asking you about it because rumors were flying around. You were sandbagging me the whole time, dude. That was. That was phenomenal. Oh, dude. Vrabes <laughs> is the best. I love Vrabes. Uh, yeah. Hot D hop going to, to Tennessee. It's a weird fit, man. I, I really thought Tennessee, I thought D hop would go somewhere with a team that has a chance to win a, a Super Bowl. Um, Tennessee was, Tennessee was definitely not one of the teams that I had on my top five teams where I thought he was going to go. I, I thought, uh, you know, bills, jets, chiefs, uh, maybe dolphins. I, I didn't see Titans on my radar. It's a very, very odd pick in my opinion. Oh, good for him. Yeah, got a bag. Um, 
So let's get to, you know, we talked about it at the open, the the fact that uh, Caleb Odom is now going to be uh, with Alabama. I got a chance to talk with him briefly. And uh, let's get to that real quick. Here with the latest Alabama recruits, and this is Caleb Odom. Caleb, what made you make the decision to go to Alabama? Yeah, nah, um, really, honestly, everything just felt like home after my official. Um, it was a lot of a lot of just praying about it, but um, honestly, I got I built a great relationship with Coach Cox, um, Coach Saban, and I just it was a place I felt like I, I could see myself fitting into really easily. So um, I kn- I know they know how to utilize um, tight ends for sure, and with Coach Reese there now, it'll be amazing. So, did you have any? You know, was we've seen videos on social media of Saban doing some crazy stuff. Did did Saban ever do any like crazy dances or anything to get you to commit? Nah, he's really like a chill. Like he's really chill. Like uh, he sat beside me at breakfast and dinner some days, and um, he, he he's really like down to earth. Uh, I didn't really see him. Uh, I, I know they was doing all that karaoke night uh, <laughs> dancing and stuff. I wasn't there, but um, yeah, his yeah. So I mean, he, yeah, he's really, he's really cool. Though. Tuscaloosa only a couple hours from home. Yeah. How was it going? Obviously, you had a lot of different visits, but was, yeah. what made Tuscaloosa stand out over all the other places? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it was just a place I saw myself fitting into really easily. Um, the, I just know that the coaches and everyone there, from physicianists to nutritionists to every doctor there, they all care about their players with the utmost respect, and they treat them like their own kids. So, honestly, that's what made it feel like home. Any final words to the Alabama faithful? Hey, roll, tie, roll. <laughs> Bryce, he's just a really, 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 really humble dude, and I, I like him. He's got a little sly smile. Like, it's one of those smiles that have when they know they're more talented than a lot of people and that he's like, I know something you don't yes. kind of smile. Yeah. And I I can't wait to watch him play this year. I, you know, I talked to him kind of off camera or off mic, and and I was like, "You guys ready for this year?" He goes, "We're gonna shock some people." I said, "Okay." Well, to be fair, who are they, who are they gonna shock? Langston Hughes, week one. Well, maybe, <laughs> but if, if they if they shock Langston Hughes, that's more on Langston Hughes than it is on Carrollton. If Carrollton shocks anybody for doing like. Anybody who would be shocked if Carrollton won the state championship this year is just a tone deaf moron. Like, they're they're a top ten team in the in the nation, or close to a top ten team in the nation. Like, I, I don't know if I don't know if they're going to shock anybody, um, but they're going to be a damn good team. I, I can guarantee you that. And, and congratulations to Caleb going out. That's big time D one ball out there in in Alabama town and playing for Nick Satan. So I'm excited to see what he does uh, pairing up with uh, the Downs kid. Uh, Caleb Downs, one of his uh, foes from last year in the state championship, so um, and uh, committing to be committing to Alabama and, and going to be teammates with um, oh crap, who's the offensive lineman for Carrollton that just committed he, to Alabama? Helton. Yes, yes, uh, Helton. Um, he's only a sophomore, so Caleb will have to wait on him for a couple years. But yeah, they got some, they got some good ones out in Carrollton, man. I'm I'm interested to see where the rest of the chips fall for a lot of these seniors out there. Today in 1990, the Minnesota Twins become the first team to turn two triple plays in a game, but lose to the Boston Red Sox one to nothing. <laughs> How do you turn two triples and not <laughs> not win the game? I don't know. That's now, phenomenal. That's phenomenal. I'll have to go back in on uh, baseball reference and look up this game and see how many hits the Minnesota Twins had. He turned two triple plays and lose one to nothing. Can't even score a single run. <laughs> that sucks. All right, so finally, we have to hit this, and we have to talk about this. Um, 
And Bryce, you may not know just how impactful this is, but uh, gosh, this is tough. Um, as a central grad, it's when you talk about Mama June Maxwell, um, it's she is a absolute legend at Central. Um, this woman cooked for countless, countless athletes. Um, she is probably one of the sweetest women you'll ever you would have ever met. And uh, unfortunately, she passed away this weekend. Um, so thoughts and prayers to the Maxwell family. Thoughts and prayers to the Central Athletics family. Um, it's not a good <laughs> like I'm getting emotional talking about it. She is she was such an amazing woman, and you know I'm so thankful to have known or to have met her a few times that I did. You know we were in the band, so we didn't have that much. I didn't have that much time with her, but I did have some some conversations and and some food with <laughs> with Mama June, and it's. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be tough, and in Central Athletics is they're they're hurting right now. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, T's and P's to everybody out there, all the Central Lions family man. Uh, when you lose a staple like that in the community and your in your school uh, and your sports programs and everything, it's rough. It's uh, it's it's earth shattering, and uh, I know a lot of people are mourning this this Monday. So T's and P's to everybody everybody affected by Mama June's passing out there in Central Lions country. All right, Bryce, you got anything else? Nah, man, let's get out of here on a Monday, start our week. Uh, one one day closer to football starting today, baby. I'm actually going to go out and see Central today. Are you? Um, nice, nice. Yes, sir. You taking the day off today? Um, yeah, oh, yeah. Nice. I've got to I've got to handle some stuff for Gavin's school today, so um, I'm going to do that and then uh, run out to uh, Central. I've, I've talked with Nathan Horsley. Um Who's that? Last week. Nathan Horsley? Yeah. Who's that? I don't know. Some, some guy that some, we, we kind of know. Just some random dude. <laughs> <laughs> he wants me to come out and see him, so I'm going to go out and see him. I, dude, so. I, I tell you, if, if Nathan Horsley ever wants to interact with me or us on the podcast, that is a that is an absolute yes, open-ended uh, you know, door <laughs> policy. I, I'll be honest with you, Billy. I don't know if I've ever met any – well, I'll say this. I don't know if I've ever met – anybody that understands the game of football better than Nathan Horsley does the, the two people in my life that I've met that are just football savants that just understand football at a level that I I don't think I will ever get there uh, Nathan Horsley and Tim Barron uh, both of those both of those men just I, they understand football and see games and see football plays and see stuff that it's almost like I thought it was English writing on the football field, but it's actually French writing on the football field. And I can't read French, but these two guys <laughs> understand and are fluent in French. And they're trying to, you know, decipher plays and uh, explain football to an absolute illiterate moron. Um, so, yeah, anytime you get to talk with uh, Coach Nathan Horsley, man, that's you always get smarter. You always get smarter football-wise. There's no doubt. All right, for Bryce Farling, I am Billy Lindahl. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow, same time same place. Shake your neighbor! Just shake him! Shake your neighbor!